And you are? That girl. That's not awfully PC. What about that person or that woman? Bruce, it's me, Barbara. I found the Batcave. We gotta get those locks changed. She knows who we are. Guess we'll just have to kill her. Yep, we'll kill her later. We have work to do. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. All right, y'all. We're back. We've come to the end of the 90s Batman quadrilogy. And you know what we're going to be talking about today. It's been a downward slide. It really has. I missed Michael. I missed Val. That's how. That's what we're dealing with here. And that, that can tell you something about this one. Of course, we're talking about Batman and Robin. What else? I think this might be the worst movie we've watched for the podcast. Oh, it is absolutely the worst movie we've watched. I mean, we haven't really touched on a lot of, like, the quote-unquote, like, really bad comic book movies. Like, what have we dealt with so far? I mean, what, we, we watched the, Thor 2? No, the worst one for me other than this was The Rocketeer. Right. Yeah. And, like, that wasn't even... It wasn't even like that it's, bad it's in bad comparison. For, like, you didn't like it for different reasons, I think, than this is, like, why this is so bad. This is just, like, a bad movie. There's not really much redeemable. It, I got a couple things that I like. Don't get me wrong, but it it basically throws out everything good that's been established in the three other 90s Batman movies that we've watched. And just, it throws so much shit at the wall and nothing sticks, which is actually impressive. It reminded me of a Power Rangers episode <laughs> from like the early 2000s, yep. I guess, or 90s, yep. really. I totally get that. The, the vibe is just like, it's very plastic. Yes, it was very plastic, very like clanky. Yeah. Like. And it's weird because, you know, Joel Schumacher did this. He also did Batman Forever. And Batman Forever had that like neon glow vibe to it. But it still felt, despite all that, despite Jim Carrey's goofy ass, it still felt more real. This just goes ish. It, ish this ish. felt very much I'm in saying, that world. Like relatively. It's just like what we saw in Batman Forever already was like off the wall. And this is just like, all right, let's see how much more of this we can shove into a movie. Can we also just quickly touch on this cast? Because it has like a wild cast. And like, where is everyone in their acting tenure at this point let's start with uma thurman what has pulp fiction happened uh, because this is embarrassing <laughs> let me see i let me see i don't know which is worse quentin tarantino being like i saw you in batman and robin you have to be in this film <laughs> yeah so pulp fiction was three years before this okay the interesting thing is when I was looking up, I was trying to kind of gauge the thoughts of the main cast on this movie, and I think it takes a lot for someone to, like, really rag on a movie that they've been in, but Uma Thurman apparently, like, enjoyed her time working on this, because I guess she had a lot of flexibility with the character, and, uh, like, a lot of creative license. Yeah, and, I mean, she was having fun. Right. And she didn't think of it as a career killer. I think she kind of 
treated it as like a stepping stone into higher budget like Hollywood movies, but like what a what an experience. I mean, George Clooney makes fun of it. He's like the first one to make yeah. the joke, but he is like clearly so embarrassed. And he has some like nice acting moments, but I'm like, did you already leave ER and is this what you decided to like shift your like big movie career into because I mean, this again, was, I feel like this was also his launch pad. That's into, what I mean. Yeah. Like getting out of the TV. Which, like, I, I feel like at the time, it seemed it must have seemed like a good idea. Even coming off the heels of Batman Forever, it was like, well, maybe this one will be like a return to form. And, you know, that was a, it was a big get for Michael Keaton to have that role originally. So maybe he thought it could do the same for him. But, yeah, now he just runs around apologizing to everybody for it. The Michael Keaton movies don't even feel like they're part of this, which I guess they're They're not. basically, I mean, except for... Alfred. And Gordon. Alfred and Gordon are the same, and I think they're the only ones who stay the same. So with that aside, I mean, they're basically not canon because no one ever talks about it. I guess the movie after this, I think I mentioned it in Batman Forever, they were like supposed to bring back Joker which probably wouldn't have even been... No way. Like, yeah, like... They um, wouldn't have gotten Jack Nicholson. That's what I was... Yeah, they, he wouldn't have wanted to come back, so that would have been a mess. It's easier to treat them as a separate mini-series of movies. One of the worst opening scenes I've ever seen of a movie. It was also so long. It was like, when do we, like, cut to, like, that was the opening scene? You gotta we see don't. all the nips. What's hashtag nipplegate? Hashtag crotch gate. Hashtag butt gate. All the cheeks. Yeah. It's out of control. It is really out of control. Well, okay. Well, let's talk about the other people in it. We have, well, George. Had he left ER? Or I think this was him, like, leaving ER. It's before Ocean's Eleven, I can say that. I don't know when he actually left. I think he... He was still on for a good handful of episodes after this movie. Um, through 1999, his last episode, I think, was in May of 99, and then he came back for two episodes after that. But, uh, yeah. But this was supposed to be his, his launch. Yeah, like, goodbye TV, I'm moving up in the world. Fortunately for him, he was able to recover. I mean, yeah, yeah he did this, but then he was immediately doing... Uh, I mean, he did Out of Sight. Oh, brother, where art thou? Yeah. The Thin Red Line. Spy Kids, of course. So he he recovered, you know, a, a slight stumble. But I think this movie still made a decent amount of money. Let me check, though. Maybe, it, maybe this one actually did bomb. The best actor character was alicia silverstein silverstone 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 as batgirl and this is like in the midst of clueless i'm assuming a couple years after oh really yeah i think clueless is 95 okay so this was also a box office disappointment (laughs) it's the the lowest grossing live action batman movie to date so george really made it out of it by the skin of his teeth i suppose yeah, terrible, terrible start. It was just, it, it really boggles the mind. You have to think that Joel Schumacher, along with everybody else, 
would have seen the poor reception to the the stuff of the stuff in Batman Forever that everybody hated, which included like the the new bat suit and all the corny visuals and stuff. And they really just like triple down on it right off the bat. The They're like, you know what? <laughs> Ugh. And yeah, we get we get Mr. Freeze making ice puns in like the first five minutes of the movie. And his private army, which in my head canon is Gotham City's hockey team, because they probably get paid shit. So they were like, you know what, let's just go fight no, not fight crime. <laughs> let's go do crime. And California, some... we're speaking directly to you. This is your future governor. <laughs> and yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who is top build in this movie. That's what we're dealing with. Cause he's he's doing well for himself. I mean, at this point, he's like five years out from Terminator 2, which was his his biggest thing. And then I think he did like uh, True Lies and a couple other big movies in the early 90s. So getting him to play Mr. Freeze was a huge get. He is just off of Jingle all the way, though. Oh, nice. So we know where he's at. He's feeling very, very wintry, isn't he? Family friendly, I guess. I, you know... I don't have a problem so much with him in this movie because they clearly got him to be Arnold Schwarzenegger and just instead of giving him a script, they just gave him a bunch of like a list of ice puns that they found in a joke book and told him to go nuts. (laughs) And here are the worst special effects of all time. I don't hate his character design, though, although it is very Power Rangers. And how can we forget the ice skates built into Batman and Robin's gear. Tap your shoes two times. Boom. There you go. It's like, you know, in the dark night, when we see that Joker has a knife built into his shoe, like, that's fine. I, I get that. But like, how often do you need the skates? Yeah. Not, not only that, like they've clearly never encountered Mr. Freeze before. This is a new guy. So, what were those for? My what, what? only thought is that maybe he has been wreaking havoc in the city, and so they're, like, prepared. That doesn't seem like the case, though, because when we're introduced, they introduce Mr. Freeze as if Batman and Robin have never seen him before. Right, but he's been stealing diamonds. Yeah. He also has a line to imply that he's an alien, <laughs> but then they're like, no, scratch that. Halfway through the movie, he's, like, from here, he has a wife, because he says... Everything freezes in this universe. I think like, he's just... what other universe are you speaking about? I think it's just like... And a, he has a spaceship. Uh, a rocket ship. The rocket ship, yeah. But I feel like the, like, everything freezes in this world or whatever. That's just like a, oh, this world is so tragic and cold. Yes, because it but took, it's assuming like, you world. know other universes. I feel like it's just like a, a dramatic um, saying. Apparently diamonds don't freeze. And they also give you energy. They are forever. <laughs> oh, Lord. And not, oh, please go ahead. I was just going to complain that why does the quote-unquote newest movie have the worst-looking bat car, Batmobile, ever? Looks like shit. And cheesiest. It's just like... I also feel like this is very similar to the TV show, but not in like a cute, oh, this is referencing the TV show. This is like... You're doing the same shit from the 60s in 1997. Like, <laughs> I think that's kind of like what the goal was. And I I struggle with like what to believe here because I think <laughs> Joel Schumacher oh, Joel. seems, or seen, rest in peace, Joel, 
regretful about the direction of this movie and pinned a lot of it on Warner Brothers wanting to be able to sell toys, which I think was part of the reason why Batman Forever had the aesthetic that it did. But also, people on set were saying, that I forget if it was Chris O'Donnell or George Clooney having said this, but every time that they would start shooting a scene or every day that they would like come in on set, Joel Schumacher would be like, remember everybody, this is a cartoon. And it was like, well, it what felt are we? like it. But then you also you have that, and then you have Joel Schumacher being like, "Well, I wanted to like start taking the series back to its darker roots." And I'm like, "Which one is it?" Because we're all over the place here, and clearly that didn't happen. But I don't know how hard he tried to make that happen. I mean, it is very dark, but it but is not, a cartoon. Like, yeah, like I don't. Even if he had gotten to make a sequel to this, which he claimed that one would have been the dark one, I don't think it would have happened. Because, yeah, it is, like, the environments are dark, but then in the first 15 minutes of the movie, we have Batman and Robin surfing through the sky on the doors of Mr. Freeze's rocket ship. Oh, my God. They're like, let's do, what can we do that would look the absolute worst on a 1997 CGI budget? Yeah, that, let's go. The saddest thing is, if they had wanted to do a darker Batman... George Clooney would have actually been a really good Bruce slash Batman, especially at this time. Like, I think it would have actually done really well because he also can do, like, throw in these, like, comedic lines really well. But they fucked him over. Yeah, they didn't give him anything interesting to do. And the worst part, the most insulting part, is that I actually really like the Alfred storyline, even if I don't love the, the weird direction that they took it in with him having a brother that he was going to entrust all this stuff to, I think... I have a lot of questions. Reckoning with, like, Alfred being this very old man who has been working for the Waynes for his entire life is, like, an interesting perspective. Because, like, we don't... He doesn't usually get that much agency. But Yeah, it's, and, like, it's his relative that's, like, the new Bond girl for the episode. <laughs> right. But, like, and I, I like that, but it was so out of place in this movie, and it was really done a disservice by having to compete with all this other inane bullshit. Well, and it doesn't, I mean, I guess they're trying to create mystery, but, like, the first scene is him, like, sending them off, and he's like, don't wait up, Al, and he's like, okay, I won't. And then you just see him kind of, like, having a breakdown. Like, he looks like he's crying. Yeah. But I was like, if this is supposed to be like, oh, he's like unwell, like it wasn't coming across like that. It almost came across like he was conflicted about like sending Robin off with Batman. But Alfred is such an instigator. He's like making suits for everybody. I'm like, do you just want everyone to be Batman? What's going on? He's like, I don't trust these guys. So yeah, I'm going to create as many bat people as I possibly can. Michael Caine would never do this. Mm -mm. (laughs) Absolutely fucking not. Also, I don't know if anyone else noticed this, but Mr. Freeze also is participating in hashtag Nipplegate. They're very low. <laughs> I didn't even notice. And blue. Of course, of course he is. <laughs> Icy. Nips out for everybody. I mean, it's it's cold. Like you can't blame him for that. But <laughs> um, I have in my notes: insert Griff Arnold impression. I did, it, I did it when we were watching the movie did yesterday, you? and I didn't feel good about it. 
I didn't even notice. Yeah. I, I like, just wrote that because I wanted you to do it on the podcast. <laughs> I like did it, and then I, I was like, "Wow, I feel really bad because that shit was terrible." I I felt it was easy to do a Arnie impression. Just trust that we just tried to do it for a couple of minutes, and it's all been cut. Yeah, I'm you so don't sorry. you don't want to hear that. But send us your impression. <laughs> um. I just have question marks after almost all of my notes. Uh, so do I. Poison Ivy? Bane? Ah, what? Okay, for one. Lo- I love the Poison Ivy stuff, I have to say. I mean, it's really bad and corny, but I do love it. It's It's the same way I felt about... um. What, Riddler? No. Like, kind of like Catwoman, but like... Oh, oh. well... Yeah, okay. I don't I don't think Poison Ivy is a particularly easy character to adapt because I think what we're, we're running into here is that a lot of DC characters, especially the ones that they're choosing to use here, are like hard cells. And there's a reason why when they rebooted the movies, they 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 picked some of the more like humanizable villains. Like the Bane that we got was very much like not even really a person, and honestly, neither was this one. But it's it's really hard to be like, yeah, there, here's the woman that uh, fell into a bunch of plants and also got poisoned, and now controls nature. <laughs> And I, I got to say, though, if, if it had to be adapted for any movie, this is the one because it, it just it works here, I think. And Uma Thurman's clearly having a fucking great time. It reminds me of somebody else, I guess, kind I guess, like kind of like Catwoman where she like turns into her. But is there another one where No, I think it's just Catwoman that I'm thinking of Michelle Pfeiffer? Yeah, we didn't need Bane in this movie, though. What were we doing here? Yeah. And I had never caught that before even the last time we watched it which was somewhat recently like i had already seen the third christian bale movie but um i didn't think oh that's supposed to be the same character i mean obviously nothing's gonna be like the christian bale movies but i didn't even register like oh this is like a typical batman villain yeah i mean i don't know i didn't mind like having another person kind of helping i guess like being the muscle it's just so much because they're like here's mr freeze we're gonna fight mr freeze and then all right here you go here's poison ivy also here's bane i'm like what are we doing yeah but he's just like an arm of poison ivy it just made like her controlling everybody like just gave her a little bit more to like sure it wasn't just the same bit over and over again i also just do think like i'm not really here to talk about like comic book accuracy because i don't really give a shit but bane is like Bane can be a really cool character and should be, like, super, like, threatening. And Bane doesn't really do anything in this movie. He's just kind of there. I don't think he's, like, particularly imposing. He just looks like a roided-out Shrek with a leather fetish by the end of this. And that's all we really get from him. And that's all we're asking for. I, you know, I guess it is. I just have a note here. What do we even say? And I don't know if that was just referencing about the, the whole movie thing? as a whole. It's about the whole thing. Or a particular scene. I mean, I, just, I think that's like post-Poison Ivy being Poison Ivy. I mean, and the this guy that that Pam, I guess that was her name, is working for, 
who goes by several names in the comics, the Floronic Man, also known as Plant Master, Floro, and the Cedar. How the hell does he get a job working for Wayne Enterprises? What is their vetting process? Because Bruce is like, that guy was insane. So we're like a billion other of your ex-employees, dude. What are you doing? I think that they're getting like grants from Wayne Enterprises. Probably. But also like on that note, we get the least like Wayne business stuff in this movie by far. Like Val Kilmer was a good Bruce Wayne. Val Kilmer was very good. Like I actually, especially in hindsight watching this, I was like, wow, like he sold a lot of that stuff well. Um, but in this movie, I think you're right that George Clooney could have been good, but they gave him nothing. I mean, like Bruce Wayne is barely even a character in this. Half the scenes that we are, that should be Bruce Wayne. He's just there as Batman. I have that line when they're at, um, they're like at that gala thing. They're there as Batman and Robin. They're not there as Bruce Wayne, even though it's his fundraiser. And I'm like, Oh, are we just dropping the the double personality thing? They're like, you don't don't take them out of the suit. We need people to see the suits. We spent money on these suits. I do like that this is a story about climate change, and I'm just saying it was ahead of its time because Bruce Wayne is basically like, well, that's all very nice, but like we care about people, and people need fuel, fossil fuel to live. I'm like. Oh, oh, George, are you embarrassed? This is what you should be embarrassed about is your stance on climate change in this movie. Probably just assumes that no one actually remembers the content of the movie. You should have listened to Uma Thurman. Absolutely. She's the real hero, I would say, of this film. She is. Um, But yeah, so we get a new Bond girl alert, too, with Alicia Silverstein, which I didn't know that she was supposed to be Batgirl, even though we'd seen the movie before. I mean, more than anything else, I forgot everything from this movie. I know I say that with every movie that we watch on this pod, but this one, I really meant it. This movie also, like, straight up put me to sleep. By the end of it, my eyes were so heavy, and it was, like, 9 o'clock. Another great accomplishment of this film is that that gala scene is both incredibly racist and incredibly sexist oh, at the same my time. God. I can't even differentiate between the two. Yeah, my note was just like, I'm not sure about this theme, y'all. Like, Bruce Wayne, you can't be doing this. Like, African jungle with a giant monkey, Did but not. then Poison Ivy comes out of. Also, they're just selling off women that aren't even given names, they're given flowers. Did, do, do not like the direction that this has taken. Not one bit. Wait, was this... Okay, wait, so Batgirl shows up before that. Or Barbara shows up before Barbara. that. Because I had a couple notes on that. Okay. So, first things first. Uh, I, I was curious about why in this she wasn't Barbara Gordon. Because typically Batgirl is uh, Commissioner Gordon's daughter. Uh, and, you know, I thought it was just we because they wanted to do this, this Alfred plot. That's also true. But apparently they were like, she doesn't look like she could be related to this Gordon. I'm like, what do we... What? Like, what are we talking about? But it doesn't looks, matter. She's also supposed to be British, I think. I don't uh, think she has a British accent. Is she supposed to be British? She's well, like, Alfred. I just came here from London. <laughs> or England. <laughs> oh, well, the first time we see her, she, like, knocks on the door and 
Robin answers it. And the way that it's shot makes it look like Robin is like a foot tall. Did you notice that? No. It's weird. It's like, it doesn't make any sense for Wayne Manor to be like this, but it's like she walks downstairs to get to the front door. It's so well, she's weird. She's like climbing up the door to try and like break no, in, I guess. You gotta, I gotta pull this up because I was like, what is going on? And it was just like a trick of the camera because then it pulls out and it's like normal, but it really tripped me out. Yeah, you can't, she's standing. yeah, but it's so funny because when it cuts back, he's all the way down there. <laughs> I don't think it's as weird as it's, you thought it was. Okay, well, I digress, but still, just it took me out of it. I was like, what the hell is going on? I think on? you must have missed her standing I think I up did. on that. Thing. I think I did. This movie was losing me a lot, I'm not gonna lie. Did you have other thoughts on Barb? Um, Barbie. Well, besides the fact that I forgot that Alicia Silverstone was in this, but as soon as I saw her, I was like, oh yeah, we're doing Batgirl in this movie. Um, clearly, like, trying to use this as a launch pad off of Clueless, and I don't think she's had the most successful career, she which is unfortunate. Not. I really like her. Yeah, and I, like, I hadn't seen Clueless until, like, what? We watched it, like, two years ago or something. Well, that's on Which you. is on, yeah, obviously it's on me, but I was like, wow, like, this is really good, and I know everybody talks about, um... Paul Rudd. Well, Paul Rudd and also, what's her name? The one that passed away. Oh, Brittany Murphy. Brittany Murphy. But I'm like, Alicia Silverstone's still around. Like, what's going on? Um, and she was one of the better parts of this movie, for sure. A, a welcome addition to this cast. Because I can only take so much of the, uh, the Bruce and Robin like bickering slash bantering. It's really annoying. I love Robin, and I don't like the, I don't like it. The bits, the the bickering, as you're saying. Yeah, I just... And they had this whole, like, weird you, thing. Because we did it her. last movie. Like, can we move forward from this? And the whole thing, like, with the back and forth, like, no, I get to be with Poison Ivy. I'm like, can we not? It sounded so bad. Like, I was just like, guys, do you hear yourselves? I that's That was one of my things that, like, during the movie, I was just thinking to myself, what were this movie thinking? was shooting for however long it was shooting for, Every day they were in there recording shit like that. How, what do you think they said to each other when they walked off set? Like after shooting a scene like that, George Nailed Clooney and Chris it. O'Donnell are just like, yo, what the fuck are we doing? Oh, like, I'm sure. We are, we are screwed. You can't, you can't do this and walk away feeling good about it, right? I think they had to know. Yeah. But Chris O'Dowd came back for this one after the Val Kilmer one, which wasn't as corny, but... I know. I, It just, like, I, I know I said, like, that opening scene sets the tone for it. And, like, Robin's opening line is, like, I want a car. Chicks dig the car. Like, are you trying to tell us that you're not gay? Because I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> there was definitely some gay panic happening. Oh, for sure. Well, you know, Joel Schumacher, the director, is gay. Was so, he panicking about that? Probably. <laughs> um, one other note. Well, one of many other notes. Hashtag justice for Nicole Kidman. Like, who the hell is this? Oh, yeah, I said, who is this gal? Do not care. We've been dating, like, We've been dating for a year. What happened? I want marriage, I guess. I like Nicole Kidman. She had great chemistry with Val Kilmer. Well, that's why. She's with Val or nobody. That's an alternate universe. 
This is a this is a variant, and he doesn't he doesn't get to have love. Well, and this we don't get any personality from her. We don't or anything. Yeah, we, we don't even get a name. I don't think we do. We do get a name because they say it. it's like oh he's been Bruce Wayne is with uh, whatever socialite. I don't. I, I have her in my notes as gal. Is. His gal pal. Versus gal. <laughs> now, one thing they did keep consistent from the Val Kilmer movie, which was maybe my least favorite thing from the Val Kilmer movie, was this weird street gang that they the overtake for Poison Ivy. Paint or whatever. Yes. They Why? Love them. They and love apparently them. they're now cannibals. Yes. Because, of course. I do not know why that was one of the few things from Gotham that they decided to hold up, but. Uh, yeah, sure, I guess. Whatever. <laughs> Back to Alicia Silverstein, Silverstone. The best scene in this movie is the Fast and Furious scene with the motorbikes. Yes, for sure. Uh, pretty sweet moment. And I wanted her to win. I did too. I mean, she won at the game of life. She didn't go careening off of that. Un- what even was that? Where are we? Are we building highways to nowhere in the middle of Gotham? Probably isn't fully funded. Their know? infrastructure is fucked. Bruce, what are you doing? It's probably Bruce's fault. They the put on that observatory. <laughs> the Batmobile probably like weighs like ten tons and just annihilates everything it drives over. So they constantly have to be fixing the roads. Yeah, but who asked for this observatory and like a ten million dollar telescope? <laughs> like, thanks. No. Well, you know after. Uh, apparently Bruce has money to blow because he was going to spend $6 million to get with Poison Ivy. It's okay, though, because he had his bat card. I, that was the worst scene. That was the worst, well, that whole scene was really bad because that was, like, with the super racist and sexist stuff. And then, like, that on top of it with his visa, which I guess visa sponsored this film. Unbelievable. And after all that, like, you're telling me that... I, you're going to force me to see Batman pull out a credit card, and then I can't even get the Bat credit card. Uh, it's actually Goth card. Oh. Uh, it is under Batman's name. I did note it that. It says good through forever. What kind of bank is issuing this card? What is going on also, in Gotham? Give me answers. you're issuing it to a billionaire. He doesn't need a... You're issuing it. They don't even know. How can Batman get... I don't... What's his credit like? This is like... In, there's a Spider-Man comic, like an early Spider-Man comic, where he's like, I don't know, I think he's like, uh, he's trying to do something. He's trying to make money being Spider-Man, and they're like, who do we write the checkout to? And oh, he's like, well, yeah. I guess he can't write it out to Spider-Man, but apparently banks in Gotham can issue credit cards to masks vigilantes, so everything's going well there. I feel like I've heard that bit before about the Spider-Man thing. Yeah. I think it may have even been in the first... Um, Raimi movie yeah. at the wrestling match. Um, yeah. Things are going terribly, both for Batman and for us, the viewers of this movie. I just looked. All of my upcoming notes are about Alfred. Okay, yeah, let's get into this. Because he has <laughs> McGregor's syndrome. Yeah, okay. I don't want to under, like, undervalue Al's suffering, but they keep repeating that it's stage one. And isn't stage one, like, very low? Like, yeah, we're talking st- about, yeah, like, like cancer? Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's like, should be early, early treatment. Also, Bruce 
is a billionaire. Why why is he not getting like the best of the best medical treatment? Well, he, they do address that. Well, I guess because what it can't be because Freeze is the one working on a cure. Well, no, he just says like I can get you any doctor, and he's like I've been to all of the oh, best doctors, right. but it's not classy to talk about your health. Yes, of course not. Um, but seriously, how dare they? introduce this like very serious plot while all this other nonsense is happening because you're right this is like the best acting we get we have a nice kind of weird moment with george and him where he kind of necks him (laughs) (laughs) sorry is that the is that what we're we're saying now necking (laughs) we're very british they were necking on the couch i mean alfred is british yes yes Alfred is like, Bruce, I love you. Please neck me. But so Alfred the whole time is like, I really need to get in touch with my brother. It's like super important. Like I'm dying. I made him this tape, like a CD-ROM, in fact. Um, And so I'm like, great. Like he wants this connection with his brother. And then his little shit niece (laughs) reads his private letter, essentially, to his brother. And it's just like the... The logo. It's just bat logos. No, it's like the schematics oh, for the right. car, I guess. And the suits, too, I yeah. think. Yeah. And I'm like, you didn't want to just see your brother who you haven't seen in, like, 50 years? You just wanted to give him the bat information? Come on. It's a strictly business relationship I'm in that not, family. I just don't understand what they were trying to do. It really... it Yeah, it sucks. Because I'm envisioning, like, if we took this back to, like, if they had made the Keaton Batmans for a couple more years, a couple more movies. And they did like a plot like this and like actually had it, like give it some stakes somehow. Like, because there's no stakes. We're just told that he has this illness that was not introduced before and then nothing happened. Well, I guess it was with, what's his name's wife? With Freeze? Yeah. Sure. But like, like that actually worked. I, okay, great. We have a connection here. The end with, with Freeze and him being like, you're going to research this and watch. I have notes about that too. But. Sure. But like, I don't know. It was just, this was not the, the place or time for this plot to be done. And I think it could be, it could be like very poignant if done correctly. And it was not like, I think there's a comic I was reading about Alfred and all the other villains in this movie. I think there was like a comic where Bane fucking kills Alfred, which is terrible. Very sad. And I'm not saying that I wanted that to happen here, but, like, why not, if they're building, like, this whole plot around, like, to me, Alfred is, like, the backbone of the Bat family, right? Mm -hmm. And if he's in trouble, then the Bat family's in trouble. But, like, I don't know. Why not hammer that in a little bit more? Not have Mr. Freeze try to, like, freeze the city. Just, like, strike at the heart of Batman or something like that. More interesting than... Can yeah. you think of any movies that did this like cartoon thing successfully? I can think of like three. Like the aesthetic or just yeah. like um like this is supposed to be a cartoon but it's live action. Uh are we talking like strictly superhero movies here? I wasn't thinking of superhero movies. Um I don't know, like what were what are some of the ones that you can think of? They did a live action of Cat in the Hat. Yeah, I think Mike Myers Mm -hmm. and that was done really well because that felt like you were in a cartoon I'm not saying like it's the best movie but I think they did that aesthetic well Um, 
there are parts in Spy Kids that they really succeed. Oh, I at was that. thinking, yeah, Spy Kids. I mean, is some of these scenes, of. I feel like I'm in Floop World, right? Not in a good no. way. No, Floop World is terrifying. And then the How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the Jim Carrey yeah. one, they did that really well. Whoville feels like a cartoon. Yeah, those were the first Honestly, ones that like, came to mind. Yeah, but yeah, I, I don't know of any other like. Where they're, they're being too earnest about it. I think that's the problem. Like, if you want to do cartoon, you can't be so earnest. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was asking the audience to, like, take it very seriously while also placing it in this atmosphere that makes it completely impossible to take seriously. Like, Chris O'Dell and... Or O'Donnell. O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell. Again, Chris O'Dell would be great in this. <laughs> Chris O'Donnell. Yes, exactly. Because Chris O'Donnell and George Clooney are so serious in their roles. And everyone else is like, if everyone's on the same level as Uma Thurman in this, like it would all work, I think. Like if we're all just kind of being there, but they're reacting in such a serious way. Right. Like the one, I think the quote that we're using to open this episode is one of the few things that I like. Because it kind of, like, lampoons the whole thing. And there was also that scene in Batman Forever where they have Robin deliver the holy rusted metal, Batman. And it's kind of like a ha-ha, because that's what Robin used to say in the 60s TV show. And I'm like, why don't we get something like that here? Like, just some recognizance of how ridiculous this whole thing is. No. It's very serious, and you're going to feel bad for Alfred because he's dying. But also, here's Poison Ivy seducing everybody with her pheromone dust. I mean, and we also get, like, a serious plotline with Mr. Freeze and his wife. Right. Which, that is actually done well. Like, that's, like, serious, but it's still, like, silly, kind of. It's silly. Like, when he makes an ice sculpture out of um, whatever in his prison cell. Like, (laughs) I'm just, like, I think Mr. Freeze is kind of a, a ridiculous villain with a tragic backstory, but it's... It, it, like, defeats the tragic backstory when we have him, like, in this ice, like, palace with, like, all these women that are like, oh, you're the coolest, Mr. Freeze. And I'm like, are you, like, not sad about your wife? Like, are, what are you doing? Are you doing this to help your dying wife, or are you just trying to build a criminal empire? Well, he declines um, their the advances. advances. I, I get that, but it's also, like... <laughs> what is his end Or you're not, like, a reluctant villain. You're just like, yeah, fuck yeah, dude. I'm going to steal, well, he's stealing the diamonds for a reason, but. Well, for his, like, like I mean, Your wife wouldn't be plan. happy about this. Well, I, I, my interpretation of this film, cinema, hmm. is that when he fell into whatever he fell into, it kind of addled his brain a little bit. Sure. I'll give him that. But it just makes me think of, like, the what if episode with Doctor Strange when, like, he, like, rescues, is her name Rachel? Why am I forgetting? That's Rachel McAdams. But, yeah, Rachel McAdams' um, character, who whose name I have just forgotten. Maybe it is Rachel. But um, you know, he's like, "Oh, like I saved you," and she's horrified because he's turned into a giant monster. But this is like, you know, he's gonna wake her up and she's gonna be like, "What have you done? Like, why are you in Arkham Asylum? Why are you Christine, Christine Palmer? Right? Like, why are you a most wanted criminal?" Because I don't believe that you were doing this for me. Because now you have a criminal empire and you have the Gotham City hockey team working for you. Look, she's no Vanessa who would be like into it. I mean, I guess we don't. We'll, we'll never know. That's a daredevil ref. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, why is Alfred trying to corrupt everyone into being Batman? Now, the one thing that I really do like with the Alfred thing was when one of the moments that he has with Bruce talking about, because we get these interesting flashbacks that we see from Bruce's perspective. Yeah. Again, very out of place in this movie. And he's talking about, I think this is in the aftermath of him shutting down Robin and being like, I'm not going to like let you get hurt. And they have like this whole tiff about it. It's about trust. Yeah. And Alfred has this line that's talking about how Batman is in attempt to control death and fate because that was was like what, yeah. Yeah. Which I was like, wow, like I really like this. It's completely out of place with the corniness of the rest of this movie, but it's like a really good discussion about like why Batman is Batman. Why he's got issues. And also like, yeah, Bruce has this whole thing where he's, he like shuts down Robin's motorcycle in the middle of the chase because he thinks he's going to hurt himself not making this jump. And then Robin gets really mad about it. And I'm like, Bruce, you gotta know that shutting down a sidekick like this is an easy way to create a villain. Like classic story. And that like, I was like, this is like a, this is like an Anakin moment or honestly, like literally just the, uh, the Jason Todd Robin. Although that's not really the same because he, Batman thought he died, but still like you gotta be careful. Um, so yeah, Robin strikes out on his own, or at least threatens to, but they have a secret plan all along. But part of that is that they put a Robin symbol out in the sky. And my question is, how are we supposed to know this is a Robin and not a fucking bat? Like, there is no difference. There's no difference. Substantial oh. difference. <laughs> Someone, like, wants to put up the bat signal, but they accidentally put up the Robin signal. And then Robin gets there and they're like, fuck! You're not going to be able to help us. You but don't even then, have a utility belt, man. Yes, but he does have rubber lips. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. Got her. <laughs> rubber lips. Actually, Batgirl's got her. And then he falls into the water and like almost dies anyway. Nailed it. I, I think also before that, I just keep talking about the corniness of this movie, but every now and then they do something that makes me laugh. And one of them is when they're uh, they're breaking Mr. Freeze out of prison and Poison Ivy comes in with Bane to bring him his suit. And he has a suit in like an Arkham Asylum branded like shopping cart. Yes, that was funny. <laughs> and then Mr. Freeze is like, oh, like they bring your laundry to you or something. And I was like, oh my God, like this is ridiculous. But also I'm enjoying, like I enjoyed that part. And that makes sense because they would have taken it when they checked him in, you know? Right. It all checks out. And then he has a funny line, like, I hope he can swim or something like that. (laughs) Oh, Oh, boy. Jinx. And uh, honestly, that's where I stopped taking notes. I had one about when they're fighting Bane and they knock the tube off. I'm like, you'd think that someone would try to secure that a bit better. But Bane literally can't reach behind his head. And I actually don't think the actor that played Bane could either. He actually died like three months after this movie came out of heart failure because that guy had been on steroids for like 20 years and apparently oh could i not... thought you're gonna say because of that movie and i was like oh, no God. he like could not like move his arms very much because he was like that big yikes he was like i think he was like a wrestler and a lifter his name is jeep so there's that um it is very sad that he died so quickly but also that aside 
pretty good casting for Bane. Yeah. I mean, he's no Tom Hardy, but... Yeah, well, he didn't have to talk, so you could actually, like, I was going to say you could understand him, but you could when he, like, mumbled a couple times. My last question (laughs) is, if Arnold had this cure the whole time that they give to Alfred, why didn't he give that to his wife? I don't know. I mean, if I can answer my own question and give them a slight benefit of the doubt, I'm guessing that like he did give it to her once and that's when he decided to freeze her because it's like temporary. Okay, we'll go with that because that's the only way that that makes sense. But I did have questions. He just like had it on him. Yes. And honestly, like because I had completely forgotten this movie, I was like, oh, he's going to sacrifice himself so they can save his wife. And then it's like, nope, he just... Goes to jail. He looked like he was on the brink of death. I did want an epilogue to see if he did cure McGregor's stage one. <laughs> well, what did it say? Didn't wasn't like she. They found her. Was they she stage her. one? Yes. Or was because we saw that thing that was like like part of it was cured or something, and then it was like stage two was like being worked. I don't know. But, well, maybe that's that cure was stage one, in which he already gave her. Okay. But yes, they mentioned stage one both times. I'm like, why are we saying stage one? And why do you have that many symptoms? He's like, the doctor's like, it's stage one McGregor's. He's got to just rest and be comfortable. Now I'm like, we have four more stages usually. (laughs) Oh boy. I I did like the the little twist with Poison Ivy being like, she's dead. I killed her. And then them revealing that to Mr. Freeze. Yeah. Because you know he, you know he fucking killed Poison Ivy after that. There's no way that she was going to get out of that alive. I'm rooting for her. I mean, oh, you're rooting for her? <laughs> uh, wow. Is that where we end? I, I think it's got to be because... I don't have a lot to say here. We go that, I guess Alfred does get cured. Ish. I think it's temporary. And then, uh... You know, they let they let Barb stay. And the three of them go running off. That's the one thing that I like about the two movies here, the consistency, the ending with them running in front of the bat signal. I think it's fun. I don't know if it's an homage to the original show or what, but I think it's cool imagery. Um, despite the aesthetic of all of their outfits, it's fine. But, you know, this is where we go. And, you know, people walked out of this movie theater... And they wouldn't see Batman <laughs> on a movie screen again for eight years. Because... Oh, yeah. I meant to actually talk about that. Yeah, George Clooney really did kill Batman. Oh, yeah. Like, this was it. They had two sequels planned for this. There was going to be, a, a, it's called Batman Unchained. And then there was also going to be a Nightwing movie with Chris O'Donnell being like, I'm not Robin anymore. And then there was also supposed to be a, a Tim Burton Superman movie. With Nicolas Cage. Uh, oh, yes. That was also put on ice <laughs> because of this movie. Um, I've heard stuff about the Nick Cage. Superman lives. Because he's a big comic person and he had a comic that was like stolen. The original, right? Yeah, like, he had like a first. Action comics or whatever. Was, the introduction of Superman. It was, yeah, I guess it was of Superman. And then, yeah, he was supposed to like play it and so like. Maybe the greatest disappointment of that man's life. I mean, he's had a lot of disappointments. That's a disappointment for us all because that would have made great content, whether it was good or bad. 
I mean, he got to do Ghost Rider. That's quite a step down. Well. From Soups. Uh, look, there's Soups a reason nuts, why you know? Kevin Feige says that this is the most important comic book movie of all time because it was so bad that it forced everybody to be like, what are we doing? Yeah, but what is the one that he makes everyone watch? Superman. Oh. Like the, the OG yeah. Superman. Um, well, that's so- like what's most embarrassing is like there are other superhero movies that are older than this. But, like, the te- it doesn't appear that the technology has increased at all. No, and it's just, like, like when we watch Superman 1 and 2, like, those are way more eminently watchable than this is. And we haven't watched 3 or 4 or Supergirl, because I've heard that those are much worse. But it was just, like, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong here. And it's it's hard to even make the argument that it's, like, well, it's bad, but, like, at least it's fun. Because, like, it is, kind of. Like, it's just, like, that no. batshit insane that you can get some enjoyment being, like, wow, like, they thought this was a good idea. I wasn't even like that during this movie. Yeah, if it was half an hour shorter, I could have probably dealt with it. Um, I do wonder, like, at what it was like as an adult having, or, like, an older person having seen these and then seeing the Christian Bale one. Because I, I watched all of these movies, including the Michael Keaton ones, more so i saw this one in val kilmer's at least a couple times um before i saw a christian bale one which i think i saw in theaters um the first one i think so or we had it early i remember getting it for christmas on dvd because that movie came out when we were like in fifth grade yeah so maybe not in theaters but i remember getting it on dvd and we got really into it as a family like we would watch it all the time and like my mom never really understood like the twist Kind of at the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so maybe we just had it on DVD. But I I mean, I wasn't that jarred going to the Christian Bale ones after these, but I had more of a memory of the Michael Keaton ones. Yeah. Like this wasn't fresh in my mind. So I wonder how that felt. And if people were like not about it because it was so dark and like so different. I don't know. I mean, it's, yeah, it's kind of hard to think about it because of the state that comic book movies were in at the time. And I don't know how people felt about Christian Bale's casting either. If, I don't know if he was one of those guys that people were like, well, he couldn't play a superhero or like he couldn't play Bruce Wayne because I'm not sure what he was I don't at. Know. He's kind of like a chameleon actor. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I feel like he was, I think people probably did like his casting as Bruce Wayne. But um, I just, uh, I mean, obviously everyone got on board by Dark Knight, but. Um, I know that some people don't like the Christian Bale ones. And then I was kind of just like, well, they can't go any darker. And now we're coming out with an even darker. Oh, yeah. That the was Batman. the take that as a challenge. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm like, cautious of this new one that I'm not going to like it as much as I like the Christian Bale ones. Because I, like, I mean, look, it's, it's tough because I think there's a reason why they never were able to really pull off like this dc cinematic universe solo batman movie whether it was like creative reasons or ben affleck not wanting to do one because this was originally the batman was supposed to be a movie uh, that makes with more ben sense. affleck um and that was just kind of like they're saying fuck it we're not even going to try to do a solo batman in this shared universe that we've created um and i feel like now there's an opportunity for there to be like multiple batman movies happening at once I think they're but supposed who's to be, asking for that? Uh, nobody's asking for it, but DC's in a in a right tizzy at the moment. So I mean, the Batman Batman Begins is like up there as one of my favorite 
comic book movies. Like, yeah, as much as I love the MCU as a whole, like, it would be hard for me to put, like, one MCU movie up against Batman Begins for, like, a movie that, like, has impacted me in the same way. Yeah. Which I know I don't talk about Batman Begins a lot. I'm usually too busy talking about Fantastic Four. But, but still. Um, like, that was the first one as, like, a young adult watching it and being like, this is this is a good movie. Yeah. Which the MCU continued to make good movies, but this was one of the first ones. I mean, obviously before the MCU started, but. Yeah. Maybe that's why I don't like Tony Stark is because he's trying to be Bruce Wayne and he just isn't. You know? I get that. That's a good um, head-to-head. Slightly less psychologically tortured. Batman versus Iron Man. You know, there's a lot of people that say Batman can beat anybody with enough prep time. It's kind of a running meme now. Is it? Yeah, because it's like every time that he's gone up against somebody in the comics, like, he should not be able to beat a lot of the villains that he comes across. He has no powers. He shouldn't be able to beat Superman. Neither does Iron Man. You're, You're right. But I feel like we haven't seen a, you know, Iron Man has not fought someone on the level of Superman. And even when he fought. Uh, He fought Thor. Yeah. And he was not going to win that. I know. But like, yeah, I don't know. That is a good question. I think, I feel like what, from what we've seen in the movies, and it depends on which Batman we're talking about, it could be an even match. I got money on Batman. Iron Man would beat Christian Bale's Batman. Oh, no. Christian, I got money on the bat. If they're just like like hand to hand fighting, like Christian Bale's Batman, we don't he doesn't fight hand to hand that well. Like we don't see him do it that much because he's like a very clunky. But like Ben Affleck's Batman, he could take Iron Man Fuck in the hand. Ben Affleck's Batman. He's the of the ones. Look, he is a great fighter in his movie. He's like zooming all around the room and like using grappling I hooks and stuff. I don't like him. I know, but his <laughs> fighting though, because when we see. When we see Christian Bale fight Bane in his movie, he's just like, like throwing these terrible punches. Yeah, he gets his back broken. Excuses. No, I mean like, yes, he obviously loses against Bane. He gets his back broken, but he comes back. I meant, no, I meant, oh, you're right. I meant at the end of the movie though, when he's like back in Gotham. He's not, you know, this does not look like a uh, martial arts trained professional i don't know he fights a lot of hand-to-hand in um batman begins it's true well because he's like a ninja yeah well yeah that's true and batman begins and then like as it goes on batman uh, begins is a great movie yeah i'm excited to watch it again that's my touch point like or touchstone for batman Batman. well and and for christian bale like i think of that movie before i think of the other two yeah I know I everyone that, else thinks about Dark Knight. I think that, that does put you in like a minority, but I, know. I mean that's valid. I, it's the first one, and I, I it has the most like it has a different vibe from the other two for sure. Um, and uh, same I, vibe. I think it has like a slightly more comic booky vibe because of all the stuff with with Ra's al Ghul and like you're being trained like this mystical thing, and then like the actual Gotham itself is way more. Like, here. I think Gotham is so consistent throughout the movies. Well, if when we watch it again, I'm going to try to remember to talk about it because people note the visual difference. The first in Batman Begins, Gotham actually looks like Gotham, and they go to these places that are like. Yeah. Well, we are. That's our next movie. Yeah, so, so we, we'll we'll be discussing this soon. I'll save it for then. Did you have anything fun about? This I've mentioned film? like a lot of the small things that I've come across. Um, a, a couple other notes were like. 
They didn't like wearing these suits at all. Oh, I'm shocked by that Chris O'Donnell said that the, uh, you know, Robin has, like, that domino mask thing. Yeah. It was, like, glued to his face. And it would just get, like, sweat would just pool in there. He's like, it was disgusting. <laughs> get my eyes all the time. Oof. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly. I mean, George like, has addressed the suit. Oh, yeah. I think on, um, what is that British, uh, Northam something? Graham, Graham Norton. Yeah. Yeah. I think on that It's a great one. talk show, yeah. by the way. I could go on with like all of the trivia with this. That's mostly just talking about how everybody involved didn't like it. Uh, but there's some more interesting ones. Like Mr. Freeze has 27 ice puns throughout the movie. There's some compilations on YouTube. <laughs> As there should be. Uh, George Clooney visited his friends on the set of ER in full Batman costume during the shooting oh, of this. Oh, good lord. Uh, after this movie was completed, Arnold Schwarzenegger underwent heart surgery, and studios became anxious about getting him insured for action movies, so he didn't do any more work until 1999, which was two years after this came out. Actor insurance is very interesting. Yeah. They talk is. about it a lot with Iron Man having to get insurance I mean, for cost Robert Downey so Jr. much fucking money. And, yeah, like, people... I, this came up recently. I forget who it was. I saw, like, a picture of somebody with, like, two stunt doubles. And it was someone that didn't seem like they needed a stunt double. Oh, I think it might have been um, LeBron in the new Space Jam. Oh, good And Lord. people were like, well, why the hell would he need, like, two stunt doubles? And people were like, get injured? His, his insurance would be insane yeah. for doing something like that. He probably doesn't like, even want to do the basketball stuff. He just doesn't want to get an injury. Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. There's... Something in one of his contracts that's like he yeah. definitely cannot the do The NBA is like, um, no, no, no. <laughs> like, you're pushing it, bud. Not even his team. Like, the NBA is like, no, we need this man. Something that I thought was interesting, because they, the titles of these movies have always confused me a little bit. Yeah, Batman Forever is not forever. So I think the original plan... I don't know also, what I don't know what happened. Batman Forever it's, introduces Robin, like, right? Because something was like this movie would have been Batman Four, like number four ever. Checks out. And then Batman and Robin would have been the last one. And I don't know when that happened because like that makes so much more sense. This is not Batman and Robin. Yeah, the last movie was Batman and Robin. Ugh, so embarrassing for them again. That's just the icing on the cake. The icing? Oh, my God. Ay, ay, ay. And, uh, yeah, this is voted number one in Empire Magazine's worst 50 movies of all time. Oh, and one thing that I did like, a little Easter egg. Um, in Batman Returns, when we see Christopher Walken's character's Max Shrek's office, there's a picture of him with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Which is just like it's not really time, it's like a celebrity cameo, but you could like retcon it and be like, oh yeah, that was <laughs> Dr. Freeze before he was Mr. Freeze. Okay, well I think I think we can end here. I think so. I think we've said all there is to say about this one. I mean I think we'll put this one on ice for a while. Oh, <laughs> oh we gotta chill out with these puns. Look, if you're out there and you're like, hey, I'm the one person on earth that thinks Batman and Robin is a great movie. I'd <laughs> love to hear from you. That. You said this about the war also. Yeah. 
Because no one has taken me up on it, which I understand because we have like 25 listeners, but <laughs> if you're one of those people, I really want to know. This is what I want to know. What is your what? What do you think is the worst comic book movie that you want us to cover? Oh yes, please. Like Green Lantern's got to be up there. <laughs> okay, I just looked up a list just for fun on Rotten Tomatoes, and there's one that has zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's called Max Steel. Max Steel. What the hell is that? Unclear. I thought it was that. I, I saw that at first. I thought it was that movie Real Steel with uh, Hugh Jackman in it. I didn't think that was a comic book movie. That, I have no idea. It came out in 2016. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, well, if, if you know something that is deeply, deeply terrible and you want us to do an episode where we just take it apart, let us know. Or talk about how much we love it. Yeah. Maybe we'll be the minority this time. Okay, well, thank you for listening. Drop us a review that's better than this movie. It's a pretty low bar, y'all. So maybe like five stars, thanks. And uh, yeah, next time you see us or hear us, we'll be talking about something that's not terrible. And until then, we are out Out of of the the superverse. superverse.